Hey, this is Ron. And I'm Trevor. And uh, welcome to The Reunion. Hell yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar with the program, The Reunion is a podcast about the sport of boxing. Uh, so named because Ron and I don't really see each other that often. And uh, something like this is a good excuse for he and I to get together every once in a while. Uh, that being said, Ron, um, there's a contest that's under most people's radars, a, mm-hmm. a boxing match that's been announced recently that you wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. Khan versus Billy Dib. So that would be Amir Khan? Amir King Khan. Amir King Khan. Yeah. Versus don't, don't Billy forget, Dib. Don't forget the nickname. Uh, Billy Dib from Australia. <laughs> um, so how... Do you have any idea how this this matchup came about? Because I'm I'm searching in my mind for for reasons for this to happen. No, there was a Khan and this other gentleman. I think he was from India. Um, it's this political fight because you know how Pakistan and India they've been having tensions for such a long time. Well, yeah, since he, the creation of Pakistan. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. So the guy was name was Nira Goyat. To all my listeners who know who this man is, I'm sorry <laughs> if I mispronounce his name. Yeah, good job, Ron. But I don't know. It just that fight just came up probably a month or two ago, and they were supposed to fight. And I'm like, why the fuck is Khan still fighting? Yeah, yeah. Um, I like I said, I'm searching for reasons in my mind as to why this needs to happen. Not just like involving Khan or Dib, but the two of them. Because mm-hmm. as far as I know, they they their careers did not ever interact no i don't recall instances of either their names being mentioned in the same sentence no um this isn't like a a sought after dream match or something this isn't like jeff fennec and azuma nelson what four or whatever that that (laughs) happened a few years ago when they were in their 50s no Um, i this is just a random thing that it seems like a cash grab of some sort but i'm trying to figure out where that cash is actually going to come i know because billy (laughs) div only has like 20 fans I'm not one of them, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm. I mean, we're both American, so mm-hmm. I don't know what Billy did. I don't know what sort of cachet Billy Dibbs' name carries in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's as big as Mundine, though. No, I, I don't Probably think not. he is either. But mm-hmm. he is a name. Like, like I was joking before we went on the air. Yeah. The man has been in like all of the Fight Night games. <laughs> Uh, I've played them once. <laughs> I said, this guy's fucking garbage, dude. <laughs> well, he was, what, like a, a featherweight in the most recent one? Mm-hmm. And that's that's another statistic that jumps out at me, is featherweight. Amir Khan was probably at his best at, like, 135? I would say 140, 140? when he fought Maidana. Okay, yeah, Maidana. He, he had... He had the most meaningful fights at 140. Right. That was his best. Yeah, I, best I think fight. you're right. He, he did seem a little bit outsized at 147. Mm-hmm. 135, he definitely was chinny, <laughs> to say oh, the least. Um, so, yeah, about 140. Mm-hmm. Now you have Billy Dibb, who I'm guessing in the prime of his career was somewhere between 126 and 130. 122, 126. So what, are That's they going to fight at 147 or this guy's about to gain 20 pounds. <laughs> I think Billy Dibb's hella short, too. I have From no what idea. I checked. But when I saw that announcement, I was like, wait, is this a typo? Because Billy Dibb is small. He just fought Tevin Farmer, too. Yeah, Billy Dibb, I mean, he's younger than I thought, actually. Mm-hmm. He's only 33. Really? Uh, yeah, that's, that's very surprising. I thought he would have been like in his late 30s by now, just... 
given the amount of time I've been aware of him as a fighter. But... I thought he was older for some reason. No, apparently he's 33, and yeah, he's about like 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, Damn. <laughs> uh, so we've been talking about this for a few minutes now, and it it's pretty obvious neither of us actually care. <laughs> I'm, I'm still watching this. this I mean, is... I, I know you're, you're, you're kind of up on Khan. Like, not, I, not anymore. Not... He, he pissed me off during that fight against Crawford. They're fighting in Saudi Arabia. Oh, well, that... Oh. That explains quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so Saudi Arabia has been an interesting place for athletic competitions mm-hmm. in recent years, and I guess this can transition us to another topic. Yep. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, Ron, but uh, the WWF, I, I refuse to say WWE, it just sounds so fucking stupid to me. Um, wrestling, basically. Yeah. Vince McMahon's wrestling program. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know that, man. They, they recently penned a deal with someone in Saudi Arabia. Uh, maybe even the Saudi government, uh, to put on wrestling events there, I think, twice a year? Is the Iron Sheik still going to... Is he going to pop up out of nowhere? Is that his name? Yeah. Iron Sheik. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking bullshit! (laughs) Hulk Hogan! No, Iron Sheik is wonderful. There's a documentary about him that you should definitely check out. Is that on Netflix? Uh, I don't know. I don't have the Netflix, but it's, it's a little dark at times, but... The man is a legend. I'm going to find it somehow. No, he was like an Iranian uh, wrestling bodybuilder bodyguard <laughs> like Holy cow. to like the sheiks and stuff. Anyway, um, the point I'm trying to make here is that uh, Vince McMahon, who spent decades bashing the Saudis, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, there was an entire WrestleMania that that was the premise of it. it was, okay. Well, I, mean, it was, I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so they're doing shows over there, and it's created this huge political controversy Mm -hmm. because they're going over there. And this was like right after there was that incident where the journalist was was murdered over there. Uh, And now, like, the largest international wrestling organization is putting on shows there and and cashing checks from there. Right. Um, I've I've been watching, like, documentaries about, like, bodybuilding and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, and I noticed that a lot of the money and the talent seems to be coming from Saudi Arabia. What, really? Yeah. Uh, there's huh. there's a lot of people over there throwing a lot of money around to court like the best talent around the world. And they have so much money that basically it's like the Yankees in their heyday. So, it's so just I, like we have the biggest bankroll, therefore yeah. we have the best team. So the Saudis are about to s- destroy us in weightlifting. Uh, bodybuilding. Bodybuilding, excuse uh, me. I don't know about like powerlifting or weightlifting, but bodybuilding, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I think the last year, uh, one of their guys from their camp won. Okay, I didn't. Damn. Uh, so this doesn't surprise me at all. That there, okay. there's also there's like e- Egyptian and, and Saudi supplement companies that are coming about now. Like one of my favorite actors slash martial artists, Scott Adkins, he uh-huh. signed up with some supplement company based in like Egypt or something, and. <laughs> So there's a lot of money getting thrown around yeah, yeah. that I don't know what the motivation is exactly. Yeah, where is this coming from? But there are a lot of people who have an interest in like combat sports and yeah. athletics that are willing to pay to see Amir hey, Khan and see, Billy Tim. They're smart. <laughs> Khan and Div are smart. You can't knock them even though they're both trash, you know? So it could just be some nut job in Saudi Arabia with unlimited money that's just like, I want to see Amir Khan and Billy Dib fight. And it's like... 
but sir, why? <laughs> you could buy an entire country with that money. He's because, like, he's because, <laughs> <laughs> because he's Muslim. Because he's Muslim. He's a boxer. <laughs> hey, I mean, shit, it's happening in two weeks. What? Are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, July 12th. But, but I'm sure he's still like not great after the Crawford fight. I know. He, he just fought in April, right? Well, maybe, <clears> I mean... <throat> There is potential for him to be the B-side of this match, though I highly doubt it, yeah. given that he's the Muslim man. Muslim. Well, Dib might be. No, he's an Aborigine, ain't he? I believe so. Wait. But he's, like, super mixed, as far as I know. Mundine. Oh, he's from Lebanon. Anyway, that is a thing that is happening. Okay. Um, now that it's on my radar, maybe I'll, like... I'm sure it won't get any news coverage, yeah. but I'll, like, do a deep dive into the... Pacquiao movie. and Spence are going to fight in Saudi Arabia next. Just watch. Oh, Speaking of which, that was a topic that uh, we put down on our list of things that we wanted to cover, and that would be Manny Pacquiao and Keith Thurman, the which greatest. is happening July 20th? Yes, the greatest fighter of all time is going against Keith. I'm going to take three years off because I'm recovering from a shoulder injury, Thurman. Oh, was it Was it a shoulder injury? Oh, no. He was just cycling off his PEDs. <laughs> um, I don't... I don't put any stock in that. Um, I don't. I don't think that that's an issue with him. Um, I can't remember if he was injured or if he was having a contract dispute. Because I know Andre Ward, it was contract dispute. And probably cycling off PEDs also. <laughs> you can. You can be. You can disagree. But I mean, it, it, I, I get where your suspicions come from. But in the case of both guys, nothing about their game plan suggests to me that. That that would be something they would need. Then again, like Keith Thurman, I would. Any any time. Well, yeah, he has, uh, yeah, his he has his mysterious benefactor. Mm-hmm. He's an Al Heyman guy. Yeah. And anytime Al Heyman's involved, things are a bit fishy. Mm-hmm. I, I swear, man. Like I've been saying this for a long time. I don't know that I've ever seen a picture of Al Heyman, and that's by design. Yeah, he like, does he on is, purpose. He is the man behind the curtain. Right. And he's never been called a manager. He's always a. What is it wrong? Advisor. Advisor. Yep. And that's that's probably partially for tax purposes and and also I'm sure like liability concerns. Mm-hmm. But but just he's a very suspect individual. Yeah, I don't trust him. Yeah. I mean pack out sign with him, so whatever, you know. Yeah, how long has that been a thing? Like pretty Two, much since A year and a half now, I think. Two years? Yeah, it was pretty much since he, he ditched top rank, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because so, Yeah. <laughs> it's been about two years, yeah. So, what we know about both of these guys, uh, biggest thing, of course, is Manny Pacquiao has the greatest resume of our generation, probably. And greatest fighter of all time. <laughs> uh, he's a southpaw, obviously. Uh, he has beautiful footwork that he hasn't relied on as much in recent years, right. which is typical of a, a guy who's getting up there in years. Mm-hmm. He's been more stationary. He's been more stationary. Yeah. Um, Defensively, he's he's improved a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely, his, his head movement's always been especially good. Uh, the power is definitely still there. Um, although I feel like almost all of his like probably like most recent three matches have been suspect to some degree. Where it's like this doesn't feel like a real fight to me. <laughs> like like Matisse, that was just like I don't know what the fuck that was. That yeah. was a shit show. Well, I mean, I was kind of expecting that from Matisse. To be honest, dude, he was broken. 
Like you cannot have that many miles logged in that short amount of time mm-hmm. without paying a price. Mm-hmm. And he he was suffering as a result of past trauma. Right. Like, like he was defeated before he got in the ring. Yeah. And it was really sad to watch. Mm-hmm. He was getting his ass kicked. Yes, he was. And like it was, kicked. it was not fun to watch. Like in fact, I, I think I walked away from that fight a no, few like, times where I was just like, "This, there's no entertainment to be had here. This mm-hmm. is just kind of like Manny Pacquiao having his way with a guy who his legs are rubbery before he even right. did it. And what's more, he was like stiff. He was so. Stiff. Oh yeah, he looked like he was on stilts. Yeah, he <clears> like. <throat> His his pivot speed and stuff. It was like it was like Robocop or something. It was like, <laughs> and, you know, of course, Manny Pacquiao can move pretty well, right? So he's trying to keep up with this fucking jet plane that's right. zipping around. He's like, I can't keep up. Well, it's, it's crazy when you think about it because he has less fights than Pacquiao. He does, and Pacquiao has more wars, and you could see on both sides of just like how they both turned out. And I mean, there's levels to it. Some people are just made. People are to last a lot length. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of guys out there who are very up there in years that were went to hell and back mm-hmm. multiple times, and you listen to them speak, and they're fine. Yeah. And then there's some guys who, like you said, did not have nearly as many contests, and they they sound like... Yeah, they sound awful. They sound like they drool when they talk. Right, right. Um, Gerald McClellan? Is he well, one of them? Yeah, he was yeah. one of the worst ones. That yeah. was really sad. That's super sad, yeah. Yeah, but then you have some guys out there who's just like, doesn't even seem like it affected them mm-hmm. like i mean there is a language barrier but like some of the mexican fighters like it's like whoa yeah. <laughs> you're like really lucid yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like jesus <laughs> like you've had like a hundred plus fights and you sound amazing yeah yeah <laughs> like eric morales still sounded good marquez yeah. still sounds good marquez you know. is a fucking commentator i know and yeah. he's a good one <laughs> yeah. yeah he's pretty good um but yeah, I I mean Matisse he he looked like shit, um, and then Pacquiao fought Broner after that. Um, it was Broner. Was it Horn? When did Horn happen? Horn happened before Matisse, and then it was so Horn Matisse Broner, and now um, Thurman. It's a good build up from just like all the things that have happened. You know, you go from Horn. Which was Helen back, and he whooped Horn's ass, and then Matisse obviously was a quote-unquote tune-up, and then Broner, who's young, and he has potential, the big quote-unquote, Yeah. but I think it's his mindset, and he's lazy. Broner, to me, is like analogous to Zab Judah. Yeah. Where he has mental blocks, or the, the physicality, like the athleticism is mm-hmm. there, and even like the boxing acumen. Like, he has fundamentals. He just chooses not to rely on yeah, yeah. It's like Edwin Valero. Like, yeah. Edwin Valero was a beautiful boxer, but he fell in love with his power. Yeah. Where he's just like, fuck, I can clock people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd, rather, I'd rather do that. So he'd do, he'd do crazy <clears throat> shit to try to get people out in that first round. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the one or two times where he went more than one round, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, shit, he's got he's got a lot of tools. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And I feel like Broner's kind of similar. Where he, yeah. He... He can box. He chooses not to. He mm-hmm. chooses to do those flashy counter shots that, mm-hmm. frankly, he's not as good as he probably thinks he is. Right, right, <laughs> like right. he's not a Floyd Mayweather. He he isn't that beautiful a counter puncher. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't make it look as pretty as Floyd does. Yeah, and oh. not only that, like Broner. One thing I will give him is uh, he has an amazing chin. Oh like, he yeah, is tough. 
Yeah. He can take a shot, no, man. No, he will not lose. I respect him for that, yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of that is, is a different kind of mental toughness or something, where it's like he doesn't have the mental toughness to adapt on the fly and mm-hmm. find a way to win the fight, but he does have the like intestinal fortitude to say i'm not going down yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i'm not going to i i'll read i'll take that yeah. i will take that and give him props for that yeah no i i think that that's important to note that like he has a good he, resume yeah no he's fought a lot of really good guys he's given most of them good fights mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but against pacquiao he was kind of i think he got paid too much and he just after a couple rounds just checked out it's like he got his fucking ass kicked and, I mean, even against Polly Malinaji, who the major difference there is that Polly can't punch. Right, <laughs> like, right. Polly has pillows for fists. Pillow fists, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, if he had a little bit more power, oh, he, he would be, You would have been amazing, man. No, Polly Malinaji, like, again, he also had a lot of grit. Like, yeah. for, for having zero power. Great and, chin. And for having, like, bizarre like totally against textbook footwork mm-hmm. he, he watching him circle into people's power was always funny yeah. like, what are you doing <laughs> get out of there Bob. stay away from him <laughs> but like yeah if he had a punch he probably could have gotten so much more done you would have been and even without yeah. a punch he did all right like he had a really quick hands no he had a pretty fun career yeah um but in broner's case like when the two of them matched up Polly made contact oh he landed way more than he should have <laughs> yeah i was like the fuck is going on here yeah like i don't yeah. know if broner was just like letting him do that to tire him out or yeah. something but holy shit it's like wow he's really hitting him a lot <laughs> i actually had paulie winning that fight in all honesty i had him winning the first half and then those okay. power shots started to make mm. the difference where it's just like yeah like the, there's no argument here who's actually dealing the damage here mm-hmm, despite mm-hmm. Despite like getting all those early rounds in, it's right, like, right. No, the second half of the fight, it's pretty obvious who, mm-hmm. who's taking charge here. Mm-hmm. Because I think Broner at some point started to walk him down too. Yeah, that, that's, no, that's I remember really that. Big. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, against Pacquiao, he didn't really have a clue. He seemed like he didn't give a shit mm-hmm. like, pretty much after the opening bell. Yeah. Um, Thurman though, he. I didn't see against uh, Josecito Lopez. Dude, he looked like shit That's in that I fight. That's what I hear. He looked like absolute shit. And, but it does need to be noted that Lopez is a—he's a live dog in any fight. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I remember, it was really—it was really cool actually. Like it was a fun like one year stretch of time where um, he fought Victor Ortiz. Yeah, he, he broke his jaw. To, yeah, it yeah. was supposed to be Victor Ortiz's tune-up before Canelo. And then everything went sideways because he broke Victor Ortiz's jaw and, like, defeated him quite handily. Yeah. And then this no-name guy, Josecito Lopez, who is not a junior medical. <laughs> who is this guy? Yeah, he, he was not a 154 fighter at the no, time. No. He was closer to, like, 140. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like, they were contractually obligated, basically, to give him the Canelo fight. Mm-hmm. And Canelo's just like, you can see him in the corner, like, are you fucking serious? He's like, who the fuck is this <laughs> guy? Like, who the fuck is this <laughs> who guy? Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like, he just, like, stormed out of the corner. It's just like, I'm, like, 30 pounds bigger than you, son. <laughs> just, like, ran him over. But despite that, Lopez actually did land some shots on him and was was game like he showed up to fight he was close to knocking him out yeah and i think before all that like he had he was one of eric morales's last fights Mm -hmm. and he i've always liked him that he he is kind of a spoiler 
Like he yeah. he shows up ready to fight regardless of where the other guys at. He's like so, the Raymond Beltron. Yes, who Re- just, Raymundo. Who, Raymundo, who just lost, unfortunately. Well, he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Raymundo will fight anyway. Yeah, anytime, anywhere. He, he fought Richard Comey, but yeah, that's a different topic. So. But yeah. in Thurman's case, uh, like I said, I didn't actually see the fight. Mm-hmm. I did hear that he looked pretty floppy. <laughs> he looked like absolute um, shit. But at, at the same time, I'm, I'm not surprised given who he was fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's where these two guys are at right now is that we have two fighters who were backed by Al Heyman, mm-hmm. one of whom is younger and presumably more marketable, and one of whom is older and is sh- probably should have retired a little while ago, but is still chugging along. Um, and we have one guy who didn't look so great on his last fight, Thurman, and then Pacquiao, who's been looking pretty solid, diminished, but still good, oh, still, still in it. Yeah, he's taking all these young guns and... Now people are starting to appreciate him and be like, oh my god, he's taking all all comers and I'm just like, you fuckers, like you guys were just talking about how he was on roids and all that stuff. He's never failed a test. I don't know. I'm just on my soapbox right now. I'm obviously a Pacquiao I have, fan. So. I have my gripes with Pacquiao's career, like especially in his welterweight days, mostly because of timing. Like the mm-hmm. timing of some of his contests with some of the bigger names on his resume was convenient for him like, like who like miguel cotto after antonio margarito like he had he was not the same cotto <laughs> not, oh, not yeah. until he moved up to middleweight he's not the same that's for sure and what ricky hatton after he was knocked out by mayweather but ricky hatton was fighting at 147 which isn't his weight class he fought at weight he was class best at, at 140 yeah but he'd never been defeated and he was just knocked out that's true and, and he was revealed to have some serious mental problems now yeah. um, greatly enforced by being blasted inside of two rounds yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that you know that happened a few times <clears throat> in Pacquiao's Walter White days and I for me that's important for me to know mm-hmm. but from a historical standpoint looking back at his career I don't think it's going to do any harm to like the legitimacy of his greatness mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I certainly acknowledge but, Ron, how do you think Thurman and Pacquiao is going to go down? Um, so Thurman's going to be on his bike for all 12 rounds. He's going to try and be flashy. He's not going to engage with Pacquiao because if, if he engages with Pacquiao, he's going to get blasted because Pacquiao, when you exchange with him, he's going to catch you at the weirdest time with the weirdest angle, and Thurman knows that. So he's going to be on his bike and look flashy. Quote-unquote will outbox Pacquiao and will get a decision based off that even though Pacquiao will actually outbox him so Pacquiao's gonna win but they're not gonna give it to him I I don't think I'll dispute that um, yeah I, I feel like the the punch of the night is gonna be a jab <laughs> it's going to be Thurman's boring it's dude. gonna be Thurman peppering him with jabs uh, I'll get to that but, yeah. um, I think you're right I think he will probably keep his distance and just circle he did that with Garcia. He didn't want to engage with him. Well, Garcia's a counterpuncher, and mm-hmm. if you let him set, he has magnificent oh, power. He has a beautiful like, He hook. can put anyone away. Mm-hmm. And he is a very talented boxer. He just is maybe one of the most mismanaged fighters of our era. He's game. He's super he's, game. He's very game, but yeah. my God, his resume is just busted. It sucks. Like, ever since the Matisse fight, basically, his resume's just been like, what the fuck are we doing, guys? Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like you're right. Because like I said, 
Manny Pacquiao is up there in years. He's almost 40. Mm -hmm. um, the legs are the first thing to go. The power is the last thing. So if you're a younger fighter fighting the old lion, of course you're going to run from him. You're 30 years old and you don't want to engage, you. You yeah, don't wanna engage with a 40-year-old. No, make him chase you. Make him make mistakes. And, you know, if it's the safe way to go, just pop him with the jab. Whack. Yeah, just pop, pop. Move. Whack. That's not marketable. <laughs> That's not marketable. It's not. And I've always been. I've always kind of had a chuckle about Keith Thurman as like this supposed like great marketable fighter. He's corny. He's very corny. Um, but then again, Ron, bringing things back to wrestling because you're talking to me, um, Roman Reigns. <laughs> I say, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Roman Reigns uh, at one point had a catchphrase: "Suffering succotash." He really said that. Repeatedly, <laughs> oh my God. Um, Roman Reigns was noteworthy, uh, and I, th I think this is very important because this okay. is, I'm trying to make a fucking point here, Ron. Pay attention. Right. <laughs> so I, Roman Reigns, okay. the, his big claim to fame, uh, he is like legit famous now. Like people, is like, he? people actually kind of like him now. But his big thing was that he he received maybe the biggest push in recent years in wrestling. Oh, did so he? So the company pushed him out there and said, "Hey, public." you'll really like this guy. Yeah. And they gave him every opportunity to become the next big thing. Mm -hmm. And it was too aggressive to the point that the public caught on and they actively, like, shat on him. Mm -hmm. They decided, we don't like this because we can see what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's that same kind of vibe from Keith Thurman. You think so? Where it's like Al Heyman and all of his management and even, like, what, HBO before? And it, I'm guessing he's with Showtime now. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like HBO before, they pushed him hard. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, "This guy's great. He's intelligent. Fighters are fighters are dumb. This guy's smart. He can talk. He's got a ponytail. <laughs> like, kids, it's like he's racially ambiguous. <laughs> like everybody will love this guy. But then everybody's like, "No, he, he's kind of corny and boring. And like what you said, he's he's boring. He is. What's funny to me is that I think you're right." Because in, Fuck ev yeah, in right. every big fight he's had, yeah. I viewed him as the B-side because the other guy was more interesting to me. Uh -huh. I like Garcia. Uh -huh. I like Sean Porter. I I kind of like Devin Alexander. <laughs> 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 you really had to bring that out of me. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is that he's the one getting the big promotional push, but the guys he's fought and actually beaten, I guess, yeah. I think are far more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, like not only in terms of personality, but in terms of just the way they equip themselves in the ring. Mm -hmm. Like Sean Porter to me is a, he's fun to watch. Yeah, he's your blue collar American hard worker. Oh yeah, no, he's he, a blue collar man. He he does not give a fuck. Yeah, like, he's, he's a pit bull. I, that's why I like him. Yeah, he's fun yeah. to watch. Mm -hmm. But Thurman, it's like I don't even. As we're talking about this matchup, I can't even identify what his fucking style is, because it's so like just whatever works. Like he, he, he gallops a lot. He gallops. He gallops, but like even like his, his punching style and like his preferred way of going about things, mm -hmm. I can't even really pin it down. He has a good right hand. That's all I can remember. That's he, it. He's he's just a like vanilla as fuck boxer punch. Yeah, there's nothing that stands out. Yeah, whereas like Manny Pacquiao, if if say for instance, um you did like a motion capture. Mm -hmm. Like you, you had Manny Pacquiao wear a gray suit and go into a, like a digital photography studio. Yeah. If you just recorded his body language, I would know that. Yeah. Without seeing his yeah. face or his trunks, I would know just from the way he moves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and there's a lot of fighters that are like that. Yeah. Like, like Floyd Mayweather, same thing. Mm-hmm. Just from his silhouette. Tommy Hearns, Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Just Hattie. by looking at them. Just by yeah. looking at the way they move, right. I can tell who that is. Mm-hmm. Pete Thurman, I don't have a fucking snapshot. I don't well, have anything. You'll see, you'll, see the, you'll see the ponytail in that silhouette of his. You're like, well, but that wouldn't be picked up by the cameras. That's true. Mm. <laughs> I got you there. But I think you're right. Yeah. I think it is going to just be a, a pretty basic decision where Pacquiao will end up chasing him, get popped in the face once or twice, they'll reset, mm-hmm. and then we'll go 12 rounds, everybody will be unhappy, Monty Pacquiao will insist, like, I'll get my revenge. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a fight in the Philippines. I, we I, talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Pac, the reason why Pacquiao's the greatest fighter of all time is he's fought away his whole career. So it's not. That's like he's had to fight against the judges. That's his not whole something to discount either. Yeah, like that is a really big deal. fight in the fucking Philippines. <laughs> Thurman, all right. If he loses the Thurman, which he might, rematch in the Philippines. That's that's gonna be a ooh, that's gonna be rough for him. I don't want to see a rematch. Hell yeah! I don't want to see a rematch. Okay, I'm just talking out my ass now, but <laughs> I'm just saying though that Pacquiao, he's always had to fight away. Mm-hmm. He's always had the judges against him. Everything. That's why I know him as the greatest of all time, and he's had at least out of those seven losses, four of them they were in actual losses. But well, that's 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 obviously another discussion but i uh i wouldn't be surprised if he caught thurman and actually hurt him and he I, actually went down i wouldn't be surprised if he hurts him i don't see him putting him away though you don't think so i don't think so because he's thurman's been in there with he's pretty mobile yeah. he's very mobile he's been in with there with punchers mm-hmm. garcia it was a chess match that garcia never really got the upper hand of, mm-hmm. but he can crack mm-hmm. porter that was a really good fight I'll i actually thought porter won that fight I thought Porter won. Uh, I didn't score it when I was watching it. But, but you thought he had But it, it was very much a back and forth affair. So yeah. it, was really hard to, it was really hard to score. I got you. Um, mm-hmm. That was a really fun fight, though. Again, yeah. mostly because of Porter. The only thing that made the judging hard was the fact that Porter's stamina started to give out in the later rounds. Mm. You could tell he just couldn't muscle him to the ropes right, anymore. Right, right. But, Porter's about to fight Spence, too. That's going to be a good fight. That's going to be fun. Yeah. No, I I didn't know that actually, but yeah. that's that's a matchup that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. That's that's good for. That's gonna be Spence's first legitimate opponent. Uh, yeah, honestly, can you na- can you name a legitimate <laughs> opponent that Spence uh, has? Off the top of my head, no. And don't say Chris Algeria. I'm about to get mad. Uh, oh, Algeria. <laughs> he's a good man. He's cool. I, <laughs> he's a good kid. I like he's him. A good kid. <laughs> no, he's Chris, cool. Chris cool. Algeria, similar to Keith Thurman. Like his big selling point with this, he was an educated fighter. He's too smart to be in boxing. <laughs> no, he he is, and, yeah. and I actually learned that lesson when I did take up boxing for a bit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I shouldn't be doing this because I have options, mm-hmm. whereas some of the people in here really don't. Mm-hmm. So I can't possibly want this as much as they do. Yeah, yeah. Because I can I can look out the window and see something else I can do. Yeah, that's um, how I feel too. And Algiers. It it doesn't mean you you can't do it. It yeah. Doesn't mean you can't train. But in terms of like pursuing as like a potential profession or whatever, yeah. it's like no. You, yeah, be, you, just, you don't have that fire. Like, you gotta be crazy, dude. You do have to be. Kind you of have crazy. to be partially crazy to be something, to be good at something so chaotic. Yeah, like, to be at home in that environment. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, dude. 
Yeah, because, I mean, Money Pacquiao, like, you do get that sense, like, watching him do his thing, that's, like, he's very comfortable with this. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, just like, I've been fucking poor and hungry. What else do I have to fight for, you know? Well, I mean, like, like, my dad always used to tell me it's, like, part, like, when he got into it, like, part of the appeal of it was that when something, when something bad starts to happen, somebody stops it. Like, mm. if you fall down, that's actually a good thing. Yeah. Like, you get a few seconds. <laughs> like, yeah. Whereas, like, in where he grew up, it's like, no, if you fall down, you that's it. <laughs> it doesn't stop. It's a wrap. It doesn't stop when you go down. <laughs> it's a wrap, dude. It's like, what'd you do? I was like, it's a fair game. <laughs> Shit. But, How do you see it playing out? Uh, I feel like, Same I feel thing. like, I feel like we went over this. Just, no. it's probably just going to be Thurman circling. Snoozer. More than likely. Yeah. I mean, if, if if any drama comes from it, like you said, I think it's going to be Pacquiao like landing just an errant blow here and there, mm-hmm. just like a stray left hand or something mm-hmm. catches him at just the right angle, rocks him. I don't see him going down because, like I said, if we've seen him in there with punchers, right. he seems like he can handle himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but cool. yeah, in in terms, do you remember <coughs> uh, me. Pacquiao Marquez two? Do you yeah. remember that one clip that they played on every highlight reel a thousand times? Where he's doing where, where, where he does the, the whoop, 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 yeah, dance, yeah. where Marquez yeah. just like slaps him on the jaw. Yeah. It, oh, it's when not he's even, just like this, It's not yeah. even like a good punch. It's it was just, an off-balance punch. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't even a good punch, but yeah. it's in every highlight reel. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be that, where it's like just like a blow happened over 12 rounds yeah. it's like well i guess that's what we gotta <laughs> edit like, in there fuck we don't have anything else <laughs> it's like somebody's gonna be just like having a fucking field day screaming at the production truck it's like you cut me together the best fucking highlight reel that you got <laughs> you and lost like, your fucking job it's like i only have one punch put it <laughs> put it in there on repeat you have three cameras three different angles of that one punch Stretch it to 30 seconds. Somehow. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Click. It's like, put, put the ring walk in there or something. For God's sake. Put the ring card girls in there. That's what they're for. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I think that's enough of uh, Thurman and Pacquiao. Let's mm-hmm. move on to something else. Let's talk heavyweights. Okay. So. I was uh, about to pick that one. So, the heavyweight division in uh, recent days has actually been kind of exciting. Yep. Um, yeah, it has it's been. been a long time since I've given two shits about the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the recent days, we've seen a lot of movement. Um, upsets. Yeah, upsets. Important matchups that needed to happen years yeah. ago finally happening. Right. Uh, of course, pretty much what got the ball rolling was uh, Joshua and Klitschko. And then right. following that, we had Wilder and... Uh, Fury. Right. The stars are starting to not align right now. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, that's what's making it interesting. Yeah, which is, is good. That, is that all, the, all the expected moves are happening, but the, the outcomes are not what we're expecting. It's mm-hmm. making for a, a chaotic environment that's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, of course, the most recent upset was uh, Andy Ruiz uh, dethroning Anthony Joshua. Yeah, yeah. Sl- to quote JR, a slobber knocker. Um, <laughs> I was really amazed that this matchup even came together because yeah. I always thought of Joshua as being kind of a protected fighter in a lot of ways. I would, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, and very well calculated. If you, yeah, very much mm-hmm. so. His, his management has been excellent. Mm-hmm. Hearn's um, doing a good job until recently. <laughs> He's shitting his pants right now. Well, I mean, now. you look at Andy Ruiz's resume, yeah, just like a cursory glance at it, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh god, what? Why did you pick him? Yeah, like yeah. I know he doesn't look like shit, but um, 
this guy's good. Yeah, he's, he's game. <laughs> this guy's a very game yeah. fighter. Like, what? This is not a soft matchup. I wonder who uh, poked into or who whispered in Eddie's ear to say, pick Andy Ruiz. He's probably off the team now. <laughs> well, I mean, like I was saying, and we talked about this off the air. Yeah. Um, just looking at Joshua up and down, um, I've always been suspicious of him as mm-hmm. a as a great heavyweight fighter. Yeah. Because yeah, he has a gold medal. That's great. I can't take that away from him. Right. But if you look at him, like he he's jacked. He he Mr. looks Mr. Olympia. Like, yeah, he looks like Mr. Olympia. He looks yeah. like a bodybuilder. He mm-hmm. doesn't look like a fighter to me. And even the way he moves, there's like a weight to hit the, his step. He's stiff. He's very stiff, yeah. and he fights in that upright style, so you can tell that he's used to being the bigger man. Mm-hmm. He's used to having that reach over people. Mm-hmm. He's used to being able to hang back and just kind of have his way with people. Right. Um, and you combine that with like a physique that doesn't look doesn't look like a traditional boxer's physique. Like mm-hmm. when I think a boxer, I think flexibility. I think like snappy, like wiry muscles. Mm-hmm. But he's like big yeah he's top heavy for sure he's very top heavy. yeah and just looking at his body it's like you can't help but be a little bit concerned where it's like this does the math doesn't add up right right, right. Like, we, we gotta we gotta be careful here i mean he already had stamina <laughs> issues he already had stamina <laughs> yeah. issues and against klishko he did get he got bludgeoned pretty badly oh <laughs> god he fought through it yeah and, and the young lion did in fact conquer the old lion mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah i saw him as a fighter with a lot of liabilities mm-hmm. and uh I guess they were confirmed. <laughs> Jesus, my God! And because um, Ruiz just like ran the fuck over him as soon as, as soon as the tide turned, it never started to turn right. back. <laughs> no, once they started exchanging, so when so when Joshua knocked him down the first time, I was like, shit. Like I'm wondering if Ruiz could can recover from that. He looked okay, but he was still hurt. But he was just gunning for it after that. Once they got on the inside. Oh my God! Well, yeah, I mean, Reese had some. He got hands, man. He got some fast hands. He has, he has some hand speed. Yeah, for a big guy and people on the internet, I was just like, "How this fat ass win?" I was like, "All right, you fuckers obviously have never watched boxing before." Yeah. Like, it's like, how did Chris Ariola get to be a world class fighter? Yeah, it's like you look at him. I mean, he's not anymore. But he's not, <laughs> Chris, Chris Nipple is no longer. Well, Chris Nipple unfortunately did not succeed in yeah. becoming the first Mexican heavyweight. The nightmare. Champion. Yeah, Chris Nipple failed, but Andy Ruiz succeeded. He so did it. Good for is, him. He is in the history books. I love that. That's good that's, for him. That's tremendous. That's yeah. huge. I'm so happy for him. Mm-hmm. And what makes things even more fascinating, though, is that you have Anthony Joshua, mm-hmm. who has suffered his first defeat, uh, TKO. I think he was on his feet when they stopped it, right? Yeah. He yeah. just he just he was not responsive. Yeah. 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 That's a bad way to go out. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. as your first loss too. That's like Victor Ortiz. Is that a heart issue? Do you think he he lacks heart? Yeah, you think so? Uh, people are people were getting pissed. It's like, why would you say that he I he think, lacks heart? This is this is just the comments. This is YouTube. I, you know? I don't know if it's a heart issue, but I think maybe this this reeks a little bit of like a Mike Tyson situation. Why? Like a Buster Douglas type situation. Really? Could have been the wrong guy on the wrong night because uh, Joshua looked a little deflated like in term, um, like i've been talking up his physique and stuff he didn't look as good as he has in in years prior mm-hmm. uh, i would not be surprised if he saw this this pudgy mexican-american man and said eh, i'll take it easy yeah um and then suffered the consequences well i heard that he got knocked out in sparring prior oh, Ron, i'm so sorry i have to do this to you why I think I know why Anthony Joshua lost. Oh, God, what is it? He posted a photo to his Instagram with Drake. 
Ah, that's my boy. The Drake curse. Hey, well, the Raptors won the the NBA championship, and Drake loves the Raptors, obviously. Okay, okay well, I mean, the Drake curse is a thing, though. Like, <laughs> it is somewhat of a legitimate. I mean, he's like thing. knocking on your locker room door, and you're like, "Don't let him in! Don't let no, him in!" No, no. <laughs> After the match. After the match. <laughs> we'll do the photo. Oh after the man, match. that's yeah. Pe- yeah. People are blaming Drake for that, yeah, but Drake catches half the blame for that. He does. He does. <laughs> give give the six god his uh his his dragon. You know, you gotta drag him for that. So yeah. Joshua is now going to be on the comeback trail whenever mm-hmm. he gets that. That could be six months from now. Mm-hmm. Not very likely, given that that's a bad way to go out. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of matches that need to be made in the meantime, though. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which makes me very curious, and that's uh, Josh uh, Joseph Parker. And, who uh, just won yesterday. Who just won yesterday, yeah. and the timing is perfect because it just so happens that Andy Ruiz suffered a loss to Joseph Parker mm-hmm. some time ago. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit controversial, as it did happen in New Zealand. And Close fight. It could have been um, some home cooking going on Right, there. right. Uh, so that makes for a, a wonderful opportunity for two less than well-known heavyweight fighters to get a bit of a publicity cash in yeah Yeah, absolutely i think that's great Mm -hmm. it's like two guys who are game fighters that couldn't possibly you know get a huge payday on their own Mm -hmm. it's like oh hey now you have this big selling point where it's like not only is it like a grudge match like revenge match or Mm -hmm. whatever but you have this guy who is the first mexican heavyweight champion in history (laughs) who just beat the like the model slash bodybuilder guy who was the face of the fucking sport right overseas in the uk Mm -hmm. And you have an opportunity to put them together again. Right. And they're both coming off wins, so it's like... They are. Just get on it. Let's do it, guys. Well, <laughs> I heard they were setting the rematch in December for Ruiz and and Joshua. And um, Usyk, who just moved to heavyweight, um, <laughs> he injured his shoulder back in May. He was supposed to fight... It wasn't Dylan White. Oh, it was someone else. Uh, Takum. Carlos Takum. Takum. So I think it was the WBO that made Usyk the mandatory for the winner of Joshua and Ruiz. And there's some people that are just saying, well, why does Usyk deserve that? And in my head, why the fuck not? This I mean, guy's obviously game. His accomplishments at cruiserweight, and he's already had what a a heavyweight contest. I think he won gold in heavyweight. I wouldn't be surprised. I I know he was an Olympian. He beat Joe Joyce in amateurs in the heavyweight division, and Joe Joyce is he's he's a pro. I think he's a problem, too. Um, he definitely has the fundamentals. He's obviously older, but mm. like I said, the, I believe it was the WBO that ordered Usyk to be that mandatory, and you know people are kind of up in arms, but. To me, I'm just like, why not? Why not make these fights, you know? Well, well what's I, the issue? I wouldn't dispute it. Um, I think his accomplishments speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, he and, could beat them, too, I think. I don't doubt it. I mean, no. he's a phenomenal fighter. I think he's the Ring Magazine's Fighter of the Year. Hell yeah. Year. Yeah, no, that's a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had, like, three fights that year. Like, he did. He was active oh. fella. but Two or I, three, yeah. I mean, we've seen that before. We've seen plenty of instances where fighters jump weight classes and immediately go to the top like mm-hmm. Mayweather Pacquiao everybody does that mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty common Sugar Ray Leonard made his, made his five careers doing that <laughs> I mean, no man has I, retired I'm retired than, <laughs> no, no man has retired and come out of retirement more than Sugar Ray Leonard um, but at the same time it's like I really do want to see Parker and Ruiz like 
That, you do that, over over Usyk. I'm a big fan of narratives. Okay, I get you. Um, I get I, you. I don't have anything against Usyk's merits when mm-hmm. it comes to earning that contest, but at the same time, it's like fuck, man. Like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> like this. It doesn't get more perfect. Wait, so that. do you think that Parker and Ruiz should fight before the Joshua and Ruiz rematch? Mm. I feel like it could go either way. You could flip flop it however you want. I'd like to see. I mean, Ruiz and Joshua has to happen first. You think so? Like it? Yeah. It has to. I mean, okay. you have to have an immediate rematch after a guy suffers his first loss mm-hmm. and has you know the blessing of the entire UK and Eddie Hearn. Like, of course he's <laughs> going to get his immediate rematch. Right. Um, question is, is he going? To, how is he going to do it? Um, and at this point, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, don't think he's. I don't, I don't know. think he he can do it unless he really goes to the drawing board yeah. and comes up with something entirely different yeah don't train in miami <laughs> apparently he was training in miami don't take pictures with drake <laughs> yeah, don't take pictures with drake don't get knocked out and so, sparring drake, i love you man but, but not this time i gotta put you drake. on i gotta put you on do not disturb on my, on my phone sorry you gonna be training just gonna hear in the corner <laughs> 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 fucking drake <laughs> trying to train over here <laughs> change the phone numbers <laughs> But, um, I mean, Ruiz and Joshua, too, is something to look forward to, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, I'm kind of banking on Ruiz winning again so we can get him and Parker in there. Because I, I don't have a problem with Parker. I kind of enjoy watching him fight. Yeah, he's not... I mean, he fought against a 39-year-old, but yeah. he has well, yeah. he has pretty good hand speed for, yeah, for no, a big he, guy. He has a similar tool set <clears throat> to Ruiz, right. which makes it more interesting. He's taller, too. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see that, but at the mm-hmm. same time, we still have a couple of other big names that are waiting in the wings, and that would be Wilder and Fury. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is going on with them? I don't know. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, because yeah. Fury signed his big deal with what, ESPN? Top rank. Top rank. Yeah. And I think they broadcast on ESPN. Yep. Um, so he's going to probably fight tomato cans, and then right off into the sunset. I still think Fury is the best heavyweight out there. I think you're right. He I is. do too. I think he, I think you were right. He's better than all of them. His skill set is like unmatched. It's pretty incredible. He can move what, for a the, big guy. The, the things that he can do at that size, it's like that's just silly. Yeah, <laughs> that's just that shouldn't be. That's even, not how physics work. Even though that was was what was his name? Tom Schwarz. Is that was his name that he fought? Oh, I don't even. Get his last it. name was Schwarz, but <laughs> even though that he wasn't like he's a nobody. I hate saying that, but I mean he. That, yeah. It, no, as no, far as no, names, any, anybody who competes on the world stage is not a nobody. Yeah, but when you compare them, like even with the punches that guy was throwing at Fury, like you don't see that kind of movement from such a top because he's top heavy. He's a big dude. Like you don't That's see someone incredible wingspan. Yeah, too. my god, and he has good movement too. It's like a big guy. albino gorilla. <laughs> they talk to box. Like, my god, why would you teach that to box? <laughs> He's a prototype. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if they're ever gonna fight. To be honest, Wilder and Fury. Uh, at I this don't... point, it seems unlikely. Yeah, that uh, sucks. Yeah, it does. Cause Wilder, I've actually started to become more up on him. I used to. Shit, I, I used yeah, to shit on him. Me too. A lot, unfairly. Yeah. Um, because he, the, mostly because of who he was fighting. Right. And I hate to use the term nobodies, but it's like his resume was not the best. But yeah. now that he's actually getting in there with the talented guys, you're starting to see that he has that grit where it's like, even in a hairy situation, like 
he may not win. I mean, obviously he hasn't lost. Yeah, he yet, hasn't lost yet. But he'll be there till the end of the fight. He'll right. Be there from bell to bell. He doesn't give up. Yeah, no, he he's a he, dog. He has a lot of grit, mm-hmm. and uh, his technique is terrible. But at the same time, it's unconventional in that way that maybe it's a benefit. To yeah, him. yeah. Because like, if if you're say like a an, an upright European fighter or something, and you get that in front of you, it's like you're like. Oh my god! He's like, it's chest, not checkers! <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? Like, what the fuck? That is. This, this ain't boxing? <laughs> but the. I mean, he's unconventional, but what I don't like about it is his punching. The way his punches go, they end up being illegal blows. Yeah, his, his angles they, are kind of. They're, they're not legal blows. And I get it, it's gritty, cool, but you still gotta fight clean. You do have to fight you clean. You still have to fight clean. Because he hits. On the back of the head a lot. He did that with Ortiz, who he's fighting again for the rematch. Yeah, they that, just that should be fun. Finalize that, and I actually think Ortiz could actually still win that fight. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's Southpaw, correct? Yeah, he's like six years old though. Yeah, seventy-five, man. Seventy-five. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was off by fifteen years. All the all the Cuban fighters, I'm like, nah, you're probably ten years older than that. Like Rigan Dial, probably forty-five, to be honest. No, I, I actually think that. King Kong can uh, can win that fight. Yeah, because that was a tough one. It was, yeah, right? it, and that that was actually like kind of the turning point for my opinion on Wilder in a lot of ways. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it was like okay, he's he's legit, mm-hmm. and I, I earned like untold amounts of respect for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I could see Ortiz pulling that out because mm-hmm. both both guys ate some leather in that fight, and Ortiz I think got caught early. Mm-hmm. And never quite got recovered fully, but he was still right. in it. He was still throwing. So if he uh-huh. if he doesn't get caught this time, and he gets to do his thing, I could see it being a nightmare for Wilder. Yeah, or anyone really. I mean, for sure, big guy like that, that southpaw with that with that amateur pedigree, mm-hmm. dangerous. It's pretty good. He's he's it's a the reason good why he's avoided. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think we covered enough of the heavyweight division. Sure. What do you think, Trevor? So. Yeah. Now it's on to GGG and Dazen. Yeah, I don't think any conversation about uh, Gennady Golovkin can, uh, or Gennady Gen- Genovayevich Golovkin. He changed his name, the spelling of his name, I think, just recently. For the Triple G? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Well, I think just branding. The, yeah, branding. <laughs> it's like, all right, I guess, you know, if you could do it legally, fine, go ahead. <laughs> I love America, Max. <laughs> oh, Max. Did you, did you watch his fight against Steve Rolls? Uh, I caught the highlights. Yeah, and very typical Triple G fight. Um, you think I, so? Yeah, I think he's back to his old ways. You think? Yeah, because I think that uh, Abel Sanchez he kind of made him switch up a bit. Whereas Jonathan Banks says, "I want to see that old Triple G that is just gonna fucking steamroll you, eat those punches, and just take your ass out." So I had a theory about um, Arturo Gotti back in the day, mm-hmm. um, where. He he started to be trained for beating Mickey Ward and nothing else, mm-hmm. and I feel like that became a detriment. I mean, his he should have retired after the Mickey Ward fights, to be honest. Yeah. But in later fights, you could see him like trying to play out the same game plan again, but against totally different guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ah, there's like muscle memory built in there. Where mm-hmm. it's like okay, we're like Buddy McGirt was treat teaching 
a puncher how to box yeah to beat mickey ward specifically mm-hmm. and then beyond that it's like oh let's keep doing the thing that we were doing it was working before it's right. like you're not fighting mickey ward anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta change it up and you know it worked sometimes sometimes it didn't mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and i could see that being the case with triple g where it's like you have these two monumentally important contests with canelo and we're like laser focused on doing that right? boxing like laser focused on beating this this awkward counter-punching boxer puncher guy mm-hmm. um and then i could i could totally see him like maybe having some issue with that where it's like that was fun for like two years or whatever but this isn't how i normally operate right, right. <laughs> and i think that's why he got rid of abel i it could be i don't know but those fights were so close that i could you know fighters get weird like yeah, that. that was close that wasn't We're, close well it's it's one of those situations where it's like the outcome that you wanted didn't happen some, you need to point the finger somewhere mm-hmm. and I mean Oscar De La Hoya is the best example where it's like every loss he ever had he had ditched his trainer and moved on <laughs> I was like nope yeah <laughs> it's next yeah it's like he went through every major trainer that existed yeah that's um, true but Triple G signing with Dazen and uh, the Steve Rolls fight like I said I only saw the uh, highlights of it uh, I feel it was a pretty typical Triple G fight in the sense that he kind of like eased into it mm-hmm. where he he ate some leather he always does but people were saying like oh triple g lost a step he got hit quite a bit i was he like always gets you hit. fuckers he's been doing that his whole career no, he Get the fuck out of here hit. like he doesn't wake up until he has he gets pieces hit. of shit man i'm just like man like you knew that's how he operates he's gonna make you feel confident so he could beat your ass up that's what he does he gives his little nod yeah and then he yeah, <laughs> his little soup eating <laughs> gesture with his glove, because he 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 puckers his lips and then he says, "Come on," and then that's when he knows you're fucked, dude. Once he it's, does that, it's, it's data collection. Yeah, it's just like, okay, that's what he has. Okay, <laughs> I can work with that. <laughs> and then you're gone. Yeah, and sure enough, that's what happened. Yeah, or this guy Steve Rolls, who I have no fucking clue who that is. Yeah, um, yeah, he tried. He he definitely tried. He tried, but. Triple G is a different breed. He is. Um, and now he is signed with Dazen. Dazone. Dazone. Don't disrespect. Da- don't disrespect. Dazen Dawn. Dazen. <laughs> Dazen. <laughs> um, so he's signed with Dazone. Mm-hmm. Four fights? Six fights. I believe so. Uh, it's it's a lot, actually. I think it was six fights, actually. And he and Canelo are both now under the same umbrella. Right. Which should make negotiations a lot easier if they decide to have a rubber match uh, oscar don't want he doesn't want no it. oscar wants to keep canelo very far from triple g yeah he's scared yeah as he should be he's fucking his, terrified his, as far as i understand his stable has dwindled quite a bit in recent mm-hmm. years same mm-hmm. with like top rank like their top rank hasn't dwindled so much it's just oh. fluctuated yeah like loss of puck is kind of a big deal <laughs> yeah i mean top rank is in better shape than golden boy yeah. For sure right but now. We talked about this last time we recorded. Just the uh, promotional landscape is vastly different than it was 10 years ago. Very different. All, all the guys all the guys who were the big promoters are either dead or gone. Right. Just like... It's not relevant. Yeah. Don King, not relevant. Like Bob Arum's barely relevant. I mean, he still has Lomachenko. He has... He still he he has, has Fury. a couple of big names, but uh, yeah. that's about it. Yeah. Like He's but, swimming afloat. So, yeah, and the Goosens, they're, I think they're all but gone. Yeah. And the, what, Dubas? They're 
all but gone. He has, he has, she has Kovalev. <laughs> yeah, she, she has fucking Kovalev. Right. Kovalev's loyal, man. Oh my god, that guy's a loyal. Oh my god, I forgot that she still has Kovalev. I think because Kovalev's supposed to fight, and I think in September or or yeah, August uh, against Yardy. Is it yeah, Yardy? I think so. He's gonna get smoked. He's gonna get fucking cooked, man. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Kovalev, I think has some mental blocks. Like, you think so? I think so. I think he, I think against Ward, like he lost a piece of himself that maybe he'll have some trouble getting back, and well, either that or it's just gone, because he yeah. he has not been the same since. Then. Yeah, he got fucked, man. <laughs> well, I mean, he, got he also fucked. got roughed up pretty badly. Yeah, with low blows, man. Fuck I mean, Andre Ward, man. That makes man. it even worse, Ron. He is no like, son of God. That that's. <laughs> I always thought that was funny. <laughs> That's the dumbest fucking nickname. I mean, it's, it's, you go to church, right, Ron? I went this morning. Forgive me for all my swearing, but <laughs> if you're going to sin, sin go all I, the I way. I just want to make sure that that's on the record. Okay. Mr. Ron does, in fact, go to church, but Andre Ward is no is no son of God. Um, yeah, he's no saint, dude. Yeah. No, he, he... Me neither. He fights pretty dirty, and this is known. He's so dirty. <laughs> my God. No, he, he is no saint in the ring. Um, um, but yeah, uh, Canelo has this new title the WBC awarded to him. The franchise, the champ. franchise champion. So I did a little bit of research on this because when you texted me that, I had no fucking clue what that meant. I saw it on the twitters. Yeah, you got it from the twitters. That's um, where I get my news, man. Uh, unfortunately, I've I've started to get a lot of it from there too. Yeah. Um, so f- what franchise champion means, and <laughs> I I don't understand. Uh, basically. The WBC put out a press release saying, so Jamal Charlo is the WBC middleweight champion. Mm-hmm. But we also have this thing we like to call the franchise champion, uh, which basically means uh, we really like you. And uh, you have to do like a couple of public speaking events every year. And other than that, it means nothing. He doesn't even speak English, does he? I think Barely. I think it's by design. Oh. Um, I talked about this with my ex-girlfriend actually that she she's Mexican. Okay. Um, that it has a lot to do with like marketing. Mm-hmm. It's like he's he's the Mexican Mexican. Okay. So he doesn't he doesn't speak English on the microphone because he can probably. In fact, I've heard him speak English. Like fluently? Not super fluently, but he he does have an understanding of English. But a lot of it, she interpreted it as like it's it's his way of saying like I am of the Mexican people. Mm, okay. You see a lot of like Mexican American fighters where they're like, <laughs> or they're trying to do the thing where it's like, I'm of both cultures. And it's like, no, he's, he's Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I get that then. Yeah. But get it. this franchise champion business just, it just speaks to, to how much the WBC like jerks him off on a daily basis. Yeah. Because, the thing you're supposed to take away from that is that oh he he's the franchise champion. It's like no, actually the 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 one major detail that I took away from that article mm-hmm. was that he is not the champion. Jermall Charlo is. <laughs> you just really like Canelo and secretly really wish he had the belt, but he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Sulaimans love Canelo. Yeah, the the Sulaimans uh, have their. Iron grip on the WBC. Mauricio. Yeah, what they say goes. Um, I have no idea what this is supposed to mean, nor what it has what it has to do with the future of the sport. But sure, 
Unless, if, if there's no belt involved, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Put it that way. I just I just texted you that just so you could I could ruffle your feathers a bit. Because <laughs> you're like, what the fuck is this? Well, I, I think I've used the expression what the fuck like five times in the past 30 seconds. So I think you got the desired effect. Um, so moving right along, uh, being as we're talking about middleweights, we may as well just talk about the current state of the middleweight division. Mm-hmm. Uh we had a couple of middleweight contests recently. Uh, Demetrius Andrade. Andrade. Boo-boo. Well, they say it an- Andrade. Oh, did they do? Yeah, the commentary seems to, they say Andrade. I like to say Andrade. But... I thought it was Andrade. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, he fought somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Suleki, who fought Danny Jacobs a year and a half ago. I thought he beat Jacobs in that fight. Oh. I did. Well, yeah. From the looks <clears throat> of it, he did not beat Andrade. We'll say Andrade for this episode. Yeah. Like from the looks of it, he did not win against Andrade. Uh-uh. But uh, I was really shocked by Andrade's uh, approach in this fight. It's very unconventional. Kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, he had his hands low most of the time. He was switching stances. Tried doing some Ali shit where he was, he's shuffling he his was, feet. Yeah, he was doing some shuffling. He was winging his shots, like throwing. Wide and he shots. missed a lot of them. Yeah, he didn't look pretty in there. Yeah. Um, but you could tell like his confidence was up and he was trying to accomplish something. Um, I told you off the air that I feel like his this was supposed to be a statement because we mentioned this the last time we recorded that he's always been in like the middleweight conversation, like actually the junior middleweight conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, in recent years, I guess he's chasing the money now. He's trying to move up to 160. Um, he's always been in the conversation, but he hasn't fought anyone. No, and I feel like maybe this is like him trying to make the big push, like trying to get the big paydays for Canelo. Yeah, I mean, as soon as they put a mic in his face, he was like, "Oh, I want Canelo or Triple G, <laughs> either or, <laughs> or yeah, either or." Um, and I feel like he was trying to make a statement with this fight, but the way he failed was that he didn't really look that great. <laughs> like, like style, stylistically he stood out for sure and he did win the fight for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he blew the guy out of there, like put him away inside of three rounds or whatever. He he looked really sloppy and a little bit vulnerable to be honest. He did. So I I get what he was trying to do. I don't know that he accomplished it a hundred percent. But the big important thing to mention is that Jamal Charlo won recently as well. And against against somebody somebody yeah somebody the Um, charlos they just talk too much and then as soon as again as soon as they put a mic mic in charlo's face yeah those magic words canelo or triple g comes out and it has me thinking like hang on we got two young bucks here who are desperately in need of something important on their resume to earn that big fight yeah why don't you just fucking fight each other? And neither of them seems to acknowledge the, the existence of the other. They're probably best friends. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'm sure they ran into each other like, yeah. in the amateurs or something. Right. I mean, that's typical. I mean, Andrade has a pretty good... I mean, he has an amateur pedigree. Oh, who was the fella in the Super 6 that absolutely would not fight Andre Ward? He was the guy that went out from the shot to the back of the head. Um. Oh, Andre Durrell. Yeah, Durrell. I remember like he was deathly afraid of Andre Ward, or like had some sort of moral objection. I think they were fight. friends. I th- there was something going on there where yeah. he really didn't want to fight. Him. Yeah, but he was the guy's ass kick. Yeah, no, Durrell to me was always like both of the Durrells. To be honest, were like 
B-level fighters for sure. They mm -hmm. belonged on the world stage, but they weren't amazing by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. But I always thought that was funny that like he and he and Ward like he kept his distance. Yeah, like the hell. What's like in on? fact, you could make a bit of an argument that he, like he found a way out of that tournament. Oh yeah, I think so. <laughs> he definitely did when he fought um, Abraham. Or, no, yeah, it was Abraham. That's yeah. right. But um, yeah, I'm looking at. Andrade's resume. The mm. only notable people I see is Freddie Hernandez, Vanez Matarosin. <laughs> almost did a spit take. <laughs> you almost spat in my face. Vanez, yeah, it's coffee too, and you're wearing a white shirt. I know. That would have been bad. <laughs> it would have been real bad. I actually thought Matarosin beat him. Uh, I didn't catch that fight, but yeah. Matarosin. He's a spoiler, though. He has an unfortunate career. Yeah, it <laughs> like, sucks. Like, it really sucks for him. Like, every time he got any sort of traction, he just... Yeah. <laughs> He's a good boxer, though. He, he, he actually he is could, a very good boxer. Good. He could be good. Yeah, he has skills. But, yeah, it, I'd like to see Charlo and Andrade uh, go at it. But from a promotional standpoint, I seriously doubt that their management teams will allow that to happen. Um, it's so sad that in this great sport, um, situations like Porter and Thurman are very, very rare. Yeah. Where you have like these two young bucks that need a test and it's like, Hey, let's just put them together mm -hmm. and see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, mix it up. Yeah. Like that's, that's how you build your resume. Mm -hmm. That's, that's how you become one of the greats. It's right. Like almost all the greats have losses. It's not the worst thing in the that's world. That's why Floyd Mayweather ruined the sport. A little bit. Uh, a lot yeah i mean that that whole notion of like having that being undefeated. unblemished record and having that be like key to like his fame i guess right his prestige it's like no in the old days it's like you know you take a loss here and there yeah. but you come back better yeah that's why like muhammad ali was great yeah that's, that's like a huge part of why he was great because he would lose and come back yeah and talk <laughs> shit again yeah yeah <laughs> no, like that's that's how life is supposed to be. God, You're supposed man. to take stumbles and then you pick yourself He's, up. This Andrade's twenty eight and zero, uh -huh. and I can only name two people on his resume that's somewhat relevant. I I mean I told you last time we recorded. I have like a Ring magazine from like two thousand ten or something mm -hmm. that had him listed as like the young big up and comer. We're nine years down yeah, the road we're from nine that. Years in. And what the fuck has he done? Yeah. <laughs> He grew his hair out and he put his he hands down. He got locks. He has a beard. <laughs> he changed his style and he put his hands down. That's that is. Oh yeah, and he gained like six pounds. Horrible, cool. horrible fight. Um, so what do you want to talk about now? I uh, guess we could go over the bare knuckle bullshit. Oh, th we'll talk about this very briefly. Yeah. Um. So I watched well, the highlights on it. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I just wanted to talk about because it, it seems interesting. Mm -hmm. Um. Very recently, we had a bare knuckle fighting contest. Um, I think this is the sixth promotion that that, that uh, particular brand has put on. What was the brand called again? It's like Bare Knuckle Fighting League or something. Anyway, uh, it was Artem Lobov, who is most mostly known as a mixed martial artist who trains with Conor McGregor, mm -hmm. and uh, Pauli Malignaggi, who we we talked about quite a bit earlier. Uh, really good, hundred and forty pound boxer. Mm -hmm. And it was this grudge match situation where Polly Malignaggi famously joined Conor McGregor's camp for a couple sparring sessions, and mm -hmm. then, uh, McGregor put out that video of him 
beating the shit out Dude, of him. Dude, he was whooping his ass. <laughs> I don't doubt that that's actually how it went down, um, but that's still kind of low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you shouldn't be doing yeah, that. You shouldn't be doing that, especially since Polly works as a fucking commentator on Showtime. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> like, shitting on him now. Yeah, you, you, know? can't, you can't do that. But apparently uh, this grudge match extended to Artem Lobov, who apparently Polly had some issues with him as well. Uh, so they ended up coming together for this bare knuckle fighting competition, and lo and behold, Artem Lobov outboxes him. Apparently, it wasn't a terribly exciting contest. Uh, I only saw the highlights. But uh, it's just interesting to me that uh, anytime mixed martial arts and boxing come together, it's it's like a pucker your ass kind of moment where it's like, <laughs> like I hope this doesn't damage the reputation of either sport. <laughs> yeah because there have been too many instances where, where boxing took a bit of a hit because like james tony and randy couture <laughs> don't instance, remind me yeah, that was just awful that should not have happened um, god was and, it the first round he got yeah he got destroyed it was very much the first round okay. basically you know, i think he just got like a double under and and laid on top of and him that's and a wrap and gave him a noogie until he tapped <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it was awful it, yeah. was, it was not fun to watch. It was awful. But there's this thing that, uh, like martial arts in general, um, in recent years, there's been this really uncomfortable trend of situations where, like, mixed martial artists will compete against traditional martial artists, mm-hmm. like Kung Fu or Wing Chun or Karate yeah. or Judo or whatever the fuck, and, like, beat the shit out of people. Of course, there's a camera in the room mm-hmm. and it gets put on YouTube or whatever. And,. That person, that martial artist, and their school's entire reputation just goes straight down the shitter. Yeah. Um, because mixed martial arts is a fighting method, whereas traditional martial arts, a lot of times it was like, huh, well, we need to fight a war, and we need thousands of people on the field <laughs> at a given time. How do we train everyone at once so they can feel confident when they go out there to die? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was a totally different mindset, yeah. totally different training method. Super they, different. They didn't have scientific data backing all of their all of their like technical formats and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't surprise me that mixed martial arts usually comes out on top whenever it gets paired up with these other disciplines. Right. And boxing is always the unfortunate one because boxing is typically a part of mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. But the major difference is that mixed martial arts is in some ways like simulated murder <laughs> simulated that's a good way to put it though i mean if the referee isn't there to separate them yeah that's... that, that chokehold doesn't stop yeah um <laughs> whereas boxing from the ground up is a sport mm-hmm. it is a fighting method but it's its entire foundation the entire the environment in which it was created is based on sport mm-hmm uh, whereas mixed martial arts techniques are about destroying people, <laughs> like literally, like causing harm to yeah, people yeah. and stopping them from breathing or moving. God. Whereas boxing is about winning within set parameters. Yeah, there's it, there's it's it's a structured environment that is not at all similar to a real fight. As corrupt as boxing is, there is still a structure to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when you see these two fighting methods put together, it's it's really uncomfortable for me in particular yeah i hate like, watching that shit yeah it, it's not entertaining it makes me uncomfortable yeah because it's like these this is apples and oranges type shit mm-hmm. like, these mm-hmm. are not the same thing these things cannot compete one one on a one-to-one level right uh so it doesn't surprise me that artem lobov won this because of me course too. he has a boxing foundation in his training regimen 
And of course, Polly Malignaggi's a little over the hill. And has been for a, a little. little while. Yeah, no, <laughs> Polly is is very much past his prime. Oh yeah. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that he lost. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, it doesn't do any damage to the sport of boxing. <laughs> but th- it does surprise me that this bare knuckle stuff is like starting to pick up traction. Yeah, that's weird to me because I mean, Polly's never really made a mark on boxing in well, the first place. I think the the reason why we're seeing this resurgence of this old timey shit is like, <laughs> well, one, you have hipsters, <laughs> and then two, it's like. Um, I don't know, you have, I've brought this up on other podcasts, not with you, but it's like, yeah. we have this enormous glut of uh, fitness models, <laughs> like, around the world, uh-huh. like, thanks to Instagram and stuff. Right. So you have all these, like, really fit aggro people that need something to do with their really fit aggro bodies. <laughs> so it's like, huh, I'll do bare knuckle shit, because I got lots of tattoos and I hate my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> But there's a lot of people out there that are like that probably, actually like that shit. That probably feel physically equipped to do that. It's fucking dumb. Um, but I think it a lot of it has to do with like folks like Joe Rogan and stuff like uh-huh. espousing this idea of uh, like pure fighting. Mm-hmm. It's like no, like I I read this book um, called The Professor in the Cage. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. It's a very good read. Um, it's about a college professor that be. He tries to become a mixed martial artist, and the, mm-hmm. the end of his journey is that he uh, he does like a professional fight, mm-hmm. just one. <laughs> I mean, that's he, it. Yeah, I mean, he's in his forties. He is a college professor. He's just he doesn't have tenure, so he's out of a job at the moment. Okay. Um. Anyway, he did a lot of research into the, the history of fighting competition and stuff. And mm-hmm. one thing that he learned was that uh, gloves and like hand wraps and stuff create an entirely different fighting style Mm -hmm. because if you if you introduce the element of potentially damaging your hands which in a bare knuckle contest are your only weapon uh, it changes the way you go about things really it's like if you if you don't have to worry about damaging your weapon you can just go go ham Mm -hmm. just throw throw to your heart's content whereas if you have to factor that in of like oh if i if i catch my knuckle on his elbow when he guards I could break my hand, mm-hmm. and then I I'm one weapon down, and then I'm fucked. <laughs> 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 so like I think that that sentiment is gaining ground. Okay. And also like mixed martial arts gained some ground with the public consciousness as well because mm-hmm. uh, the CTE stuff and uh, the tendency in boxing for fights to carry on maybe maybe longer than they should. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why it seems like far more boxers than mixed martial artists have like Parkinsonian yeah, symptoms right, right. It's because of repetitive trauma to the head right whereas like a mixed martial arts contest is more prone to end like reach its natural progression right and like end when it's supposed to whereas boxing is mm. just like nobody's hurt let's yeah. just keep going oh I mean <laughs> I don't see Parkinson's yet <laughs> like, I don't see the, slurring the ref has like x-ray goggles it's like nope no Parkinson's <laughs> it's like oh there's a little dot in there <laughs> like, stop the match it. stop the match that's it Ten years from now, you're gonna have a speech slur. Sorry, son. <laughs> Retire now. <laughs> Calling it quits, cutting you off. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to get that out because it's That's so weird. It is. Uh, uh, I don't entirely understand it, but it is a thing. I'm not. I'm not I'm excited. Not, about I'm not it. up on it at yeah, all. Yeah, I'm like it's just whatever. I want to talk about it's it. just street fighting. Yeah. Um. So last thing, I guess, before we. 
go off the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, refereeing and officiating. So we had a contest recently wherein a referee did not do a great job. <laughs> Couldn't hear the bell. I don't know how you. A didn't few hear times. That. I don't know how you didn't hear that. Yeah, no. um, Ron. Do you recall what the referee's name was? Because I don't. Bird. Yeah, last name is Bird. He's he's married to Adelaide Bird. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that. <laughs> and I think that's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> like one of the uh, most frowned upon judges in recent memory. And apparently one of the least qualified referees in recent memory. Yeah. Um. So the situation here was, uh, what, he couldn't hear the bell? It was uh, after the bell. Yeah. And they kept going. But the referee did not hear him, and basically, the I don't know who it was. Were, there were what knockdowns that happened during this. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, it, it had a massive impact on the outcome of this fight. Mm-hmm. They eventually had to stop the fight. Yeah. So Glowacki, he lost, and it left um, Bradis, who's actually he's a very good boxer, but you know it was just an error on the referee where. You simply did not hear the bell. And I'm not sure where that's going to be, like where that's at as far as like investigation goes. But obviously, he may not be referring for a while. But Uh, I could be wrong because Adelaide Bird is still. Yeah. And, you know, know. Richard Steele had a very long career. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Referee, refereeing a boxing match is a very difficult job. It Um, is. This is an example of someone just kind of shit in the bed. But entirely, yeah. The reason why I bring up Richard Steele is because he's one of the more controversial referees that's ever been. Uh, he, what was it? It was I'm trying to remember their names. Fuck. Was it Zab Judah fight? No. Well, actually, he probably did officiate some Zab Judah fights. Uh-huh. I didn't mind Richard Steele at all, though. Richard Steele had a couple of moments there where it was like. You know who I never had issues with? Steve Smoger. Steve Smoger was great. Yeah. I like Steve Smoger. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Weeks, too. Yes and no. I can't remember. He wasn't anything. very good with the Kovalev and Ward fight. Oh, okay. He allowed well, that's, that bullshit. That's personal. <laughs> it was Robert Bird. Robert Bird. Robert. That was a referee. Uh, questionable referee. Um, man. Yeah, he, he actually really shit the bed. <laughs> yeah and I think with these referees they really need to I don't know man it's 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 tricky because they have such a long just like resume of fights but you know the fact that they're getting older you kind of have to say alright you might need to kind of slow yeah. it down yeah or... a, a big reason why I wanted to bring it up is because uh, Mr. Robert Bird he he definitely shot the bed, but God, um, dude. I was watching a contest uh, with Jay Nady as the referee. Yeah, maybe a month ago, and he was driving me nuts because he he's had a good long career, but he was inserting himself into the narrative too mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. It's like I've always understood good refereeing to be a situation where you almost never see them. Yeah, they shouldn't be like, present. Yeah. Um, like they they'll like break the fighters when it's necessary, but mm-hmm. for the most part they're just not there. Mm-hmm. Like if they don't have to interject in any fashion, that means it was probably a good fight. That's why I didn't like Joe Cortez. I'm fair, but I'm firm. Yeah, he was, uh, especially in like those Mayweather fights and stuff. Him and Kenny Bayless were on the payroll, man. 
Like it, mm-hmm. I have zero doubt in my mind mm-hmm. that they were paid because that Ricky Hatton fight, those breaks were so fast. Yeah, there was still. <laughs> See? See? I'm not wrong. No, the, I'm the, not wrong. That fight in particular, I was like, okay, we're not doing any infighting so, tonight. So, yeah, you're not going to work it out yeah. like you should say. Tap yeah. their elbow and be like, all right. A guy like Steve Smoger or somebody would say, your hands are free. Yeah. Like, like I, I can see you leaning on each other, yeah. but you can still work. Yeah. So work. Richard Steele would say, work it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard Steele would be like, float, yeah. like jumping around in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I always like watching the referees do that, where you can see them like, like, like shuffle stepping and stuff. Yeah, like, I was just like, yo, you got. You, you can tell they're like they're into it. Yeah, like they're feeling it. I don't think Kenny, Kenny Bayless is a good referee either. No, Kenny Bayless. I always describe yeah. Kenny Bayless as like one of the most passionate referees. <laughs> you can't see it right now, but Ron is doing this walk. He's like sticking his butt out, and it looks like he's he's holding a, a box a, a box in front of him. Because that's how Kenny Bayless. That does. is he's like no, you're. You're, you got it spot on. That is what he does. But he's a very passionate referee. He is. Um, I didn't notice any instances of him doing any like foul play or anything until I saw him do Mayweather's fights later in his career. And Especially it, against it Pacquiao. Was, it was pretty obvious that yeah. there was some favoritism going on mm-hmm. there. Um, the reason why I brought up Richard Steele, and I'm so sorry that I couldn't remember this fight, was uh, Meldrick Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Julio Cesar Chavez. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the more famous moments in boxing history that mm-hmm. like my dad and my brother told me about way back when. Where uh, Famously, Meldrick Taylor was outboxing Cesar Chavez. Yeah. Then the very last couple seconds of the fight, Taylor gets dropped. And he's standing in front of Richard Steele, and he's responsive. Mm-hmm. And Richard Steele keeps doing this thing where he's like looking back over his shoulder at Cesar Chavez, who's mm-hmm. like in the neutral corner. Yeah, yeah, he's just chilling. And he's counting in front of Meldrick Taylor, and he says, are you okay? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. And then he waves it off, and the bell was like 10 seconds away. Mm. It was like maybe, like potentially like fight of the decade type shit. This was a monumental contest. And Meldrick Taylor's career, like (sighs) after that, like he was a fabulous boxer, and he was winning that fight. But those last 10 seconds or whatever, Richard Steele ate shit for that for the rest of his life. He will eat shit for that for the rest of his life. <laughs> to this day, I think he is still eating shit. No, this is like Leonard and Hagler type shit, mm-hmm. where it's like it's, it's, a lot of people are unhappy about yeah, yeah, what yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, um, he claims, he claims mm-hmm. that uh, Taylor was unresponsive when he was asking, are you okay or whatever. Steele had a mental blockage or something. It's like, this fight was 30 daggone years ago or something, 20-something years ago. It was a long time ago. It was yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Maybe even like 19. Uh, Richard Steele was young enough to know what was going on. <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, I, I get it. It's not really his job to know how much time is left. Like, it's not his job to keep his eye on the clock. No, you respond from the bell and say, stop. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's like, fuck, man. Like... What would happen? The, the chances of that kid making it to the the final bell were very high. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot of questionable referees, and honestly, the only one that I think is credible right now is that Steve Wilkes guy. Steve Wilkes is good. He's um, he gets into that fight. He's just like smiling the whole time yeah. and just making facial expressions and all that stuff. Like he's he's just a. He's not a bad referee. No, he's not. I haven't seen anything bad yet, unless whoever whoever's listening knows any bad jobs by steve wilkes uh-huh. but 
I don't know if he, how often he works today, but Vic Draculich was always pretty good too. He kind of annoyed me for some reason. He looks funny. <laughs> he just looks like creepy. He's goofy looking. He's lanky. But yeah. in terms of officiating, I never saw any problems with him. Yeah, he was all right. Uh, Joe Cortez, you already mentioned. Yeah, I don't I, like him. I had problems with him, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to throw this name out there. Who? Uh, the greatest referee that ever refereed. Uh, Mills Frank, Lane? Oh. Frank Cappuccino. Who's that? <laughs> Frank Cappuccino. Is he the New Yorker? It's boxing, Ron. There's a lot of people from New York involved. Frank Cappuccino officiated the first Guardian Ward fight. Uh huh. And if you ask me, he is he is exactly about, who you're talking about. No, he is very much like partially responsible for that fight being as amazing as it was. Because he let that shit happen. Because he let that shit happen. Because he was an old timer and he didn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It was he was amazing. No, that's a, I, I think that's a good pick. Um, Steve Smoger, that's one of them that I like. <laughs> I like how Jay Nady's photo is Zab Judah putting his knuckles into his throat. That fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> For your face to show up as that, a referee. That's f- folks folks listening out there, the, if you Google Jay Nady, who I brought up earlier. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, the first Google image photo that comes up of him is <laughs> oh God. Zab Judah putting his, his gloved hand into his throat. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. I forgot the... Is it Arthur McCanty, the New Yorker? McCanty was good. I like him. Yeah. He's... I think he's pretty fair. Um, And he would always kiss the boxer every time, like, they would get knocked out. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. Him and Smoger would do that. And he would call them, it's okay, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur McCanty was pretty good. Again, very passionate referee. Gave, mm-hmm. gave a shit about his job. The fuck um, am I spelling it wrong? Yeah, it's Mercanti. Oh, Mercanti, not McCanti. Yeah, it's M E R. Oh, Mer Mercanti. I obviously can't spell. I think it ends with an E. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, Arthur McCanti. He's pretty fair. Yeah, I like Tony Weeks. It sounds like you have some issues with him. Yeah, um, I had some issues with him. Mercanti's probably on his way out, but you think so? He's been doing it a long time, as far as I know. Mm. He still looks good. I didn't know his father was a referee, he's the, too. He's got that John McClane hairline. <laughs> he does, it's uh, like a hockey puck coming out of the center of your head. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will say, though, that being a referee in a combat sport is... That it's, sucks. It's tough. It freaking sucks. Yeah, no, that, it's, I mean, back in the day, they used to judge the fights, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, the referee had a scorecard, too. <laughs> so, after, after the round one, he like, yeah. It's like, what if you get all sweaty and shit? I know, it's like, crap, I don't know my score. <laughs> well, I better make it up. <laughs> well, I think you won this and this. I'm not sure about this. It's like, who's going to who's gonna win? It's like, whoever I decide. <laughs> like, I'm the ref, god damn it. Yeah. I'm going to get drunk after this. <laughs> no, it's a, very, it's a very shitty job, and there's very few competent referees out there. Yeah. Even the most notable ones, you know, like... Even with your Kenny Bayless, since he's a very, like, you know that name, or Tony Weeks, or Joe Cortez. I'm sure they've refereed some great fights, but they've also fucked up a lot. And most of them don't have integrity. Um, There's very few of them that do. So, I, whenever I see referees and the judges picked for a fight, I'm like, 
Oh no. <laughs> Adelaide Bird and Robert Bird. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck, I know what's going on. So, I mean, I think most, like, I guess you could say, quote unquote, fans that follow the sport, the hardcore boxing fans, like, they, they, they know. Like what? What the deal is when well, you see the referees? We're getting to like a transitional phase here, where guys like you and I, who grew up with all the guys we were just talking about, mm-hmm. like we're gonna start seeing newer, younger referees who you and I are not familiar with. Right, right. And of course, we're gonna be suspicious of them because like I don't know him. We're like who the fuck is this guy? But like ten years from now, it's like oh, I like him. He's reliable. Yeah. So it'll it, we'll get to that point, but for now, it seems like. These old heads, they're about to be on their way out. They are. Yeah. And it's going to be really interesting to see what, what comes of it afterwards. Yeah. Um, especially since, like, all this talk of, like, CTE and stuff, like, sports like boxing are definitely on the bubble when it comes to, like, changing the rules, maybe. Mm-hmm. Stopping fights a lot quicker. Stopping fights quicker, and a lot of that has to do with training new officially. Uh, new officials. Yeah. Stuff. So I would not be surprised if there's a new school of thought that starts to take prominence where a different style of officiating Mm -hmm, starts mm -hmm. to come into view. Oh, that's going to be interesting because you're going to be so used to that Rocky type shit, but now it's not going to be that way because it's like once you look days, stopping it. And it's just like, where do you draw the line, you know? Yeah, I I mean, it's it's like being a clinician or something. It's like continuing Mm. education is a part of the deal. Like you can't just be a doctor or a nurse and then say, everything I learned <laughs> is how it is. It's like, no. Forever. Forever. <laughs> no, that, that shit changes like every five minutes. So you got to keep going back to school. You got to stay, stay up on mm-hmm. what's, what's new in the medical field. And mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be the same with sports too. Right. Right. Especially for something like boxing and yeah. everyone's high on, you know, protecting fighters and just athletes. You know, I, I'm very on the fence about it. You know, if we get the the Olympic style like robot headgear, I'm out. <laughs> like, yeah, I like, think. Nope, I'm not. Interested. I'm done too. I might go the baseball. We'll yeah, see. <laughs> it's a dramatic departure from boxing. It is. But yeah, if it did get to that point though, I would lose interest. Yeah, quick for sure. Well, in the Olympics, didn't they change it to no headgear? Uh, I think they did, but then they probably didn't put it on television, so I didn't see it. Really? Hmm. They do that. I thought they just recently changed it to or no headgear. If they did, if they did put it on TV, it was probably at like an absurd hour of the day. Mm. It's like for an American watching it, it's like good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point you brought up though. Just the future of referees and see how they're going to be trained and the CTE situ- situation. You know, it's heavy in the NFL right now, and well, yeah, we'll see all where sports. I mean, all sports. There's a reason yeah. esports are becoming a big thing. It's because, yeah. as a parent or somebody raising a child and you know, and trying to foster like competitive instincts and stuff like that, if you read about all this shit, like, oh, I'm gonna have my son go play football. Oh, wait, he could get brain damage. It's like, oh, he'll be a boxer. Like, oh, that's even worse. <laughs> it's like they talked about it. In it's like, soccer. oh, he'll play soccer. It's like, oh, you can still get he- brain trauma. Yeah, from- they talked about that. I was like, really? It's in true. My, in my it's head, true. I'm like, no, really? I'm, I'm, in football, they have that situation where torso trauma. The impact reverberates through your body, oh, okay. and it go it reaches your brain and your nervous. In soccer, system. I'm kind of like, nah. 
I mean, it's, it's, shout out, shout out to my soccer fans. I'm sorry. It's not, it's, it's not on the level of football or boxing, yeah, but it is still an element. I didn't know that. I I, I wouldn't factor it in. Like, yeah. It's like you're playing fucking soccer. Like, yeah, shout out to it's soccer. Like unless you're actively trying to get brain trauma, <laughs> like if unless you're doing headers like fifty times in a night, like I think you'll be okay. Yeah, because they they did a they did a um a special on CTE and soccer. It's like the fuck? Where did this come from? Like. But yeah, I could. I mean, I could totally see esports becoming very, very big. Mm, makes like sense. If, if this data keeps, if we keep finding more reasons to pull people out of traditional sports, I could see esports becoming a big thing, especially yeah. among young people, because you know, no parent wants to see their. Yeah, child they're gonna be get, fucking fat though. Yeah, but their fingers, their fingers will be all like, like lithe, yeah. and like agile. Yeah, and then they're gonna have arthritis when they're seventeen. Well, not if they wear those like bowling gloves, like from like the age of three. Uh, <laughs> finger wrist. finger weights. That's where it's finger at. weights. Yeah, you got to train up. <laughs> that being said, uh, Ron, did you have any closing remarks, or are we about done here? Mm, Pacquiao's gonna win, <laughs> but well, they're your, not gonna your, give your, it to him. Your heart says. My heart, my mind, and what I know, Pacquiao's gonna win. But they won't give it to him, cause that's the next fight that's on my on my hit list. Well, that's only in a few weeks. Yeah, so. yeah. He's gonna show why he's still the greatest of all time. Okay. Well, what about I, you? I think, I think you're right. Although, I mean, your closing statement it doesn't have to be about Pacquiao and Thurman. No. <laughs> <laughs> my closing statement is, uh, I really love the sport of boxing. I just wish it was a little bit more accessible. Uh, I know this does own stuff is supposed to be making it easier however if you look at the price point it's still not that reasonable yeah <laughs> i agree um, and and the presentation of the package is not the best it's not uh, it's certainly not hbo um but yeah it's it's a wonderful sport that i i love reading about but unfortunately in this day and age that's usually the extent of my engagement in it mm-hmm. i very seldom watch it these days mm-hmm. um but obviously i love talking about it so Hopefully, all the stuff we've been talking about this month, um, hopefully something happens in the next month that oh, we'll have to talk about. It's going to get crazy. Yeah. So uh, so that being said, uh, thank you for joining us for another reunion. Hell yeah. Uh, until next month, I guess. Yep, we'll be back next month.